my mother was very fashionable, beautiful on the inside and out. Uh, she was one who was very caring, very giving. She also was very opinionated and, you know, let her, you know her opinion. But Whether she also, you wanted to hear it or not. No. <laughs> <laughs> she also um, was one. Welcome to Diversity Dish, where we're dishing on everything diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice related. My name is Sidrola Maruska, and we're bridging the gap between what needs to be said and what needs to be heard. Those individual experiences that are often ignored or simply dismissed. Sometimes I'm dining alone, sometimes I'm dining with friends, and sometimes I'm dining a la carte. No matter how I'm dining, it promises to be delicious. Let's dig in. Jean-Michel Basquiat was born in Brooklyn on December 22, 1960, to Gerard and Mathilde Basquiat as one of three first-generation children of a Haitian immigrant and Puerto Rican mother, a legacy of strong, passionate, grounded pioneers, entrepreneurs, and creative people. The family was focused on nurturing creativity, culture, music, and connection to Brooklyn, where they lived. Prospect Park, the Brooklyn Botanical Gardens, the Brooklyn Library, and the Brooklyn Museum were active and cons consistent sources of inspiration and culture for the Basquiat children. I have the opportunity, the pleasure, and the honor of speaking to Jean-Michel's sisters, Lisan Basquiat and Janine Basquiat-Hereveau, about the matriarchs in their family, just in time for Mother's Day. We get a glimpse into the amazingly strong women that surrounded the Basquiat children as they were growing up and influenced them all. I'm so excited to have you here back with us on Diversity Dish. I have some really special guests with me today. I have Lisanne Basquiat and Janine Basquiat-Hereveau. Hello, ladies. Hey. Hi. How are you guys today? Doing well. Doing well. Yeah, doing really, really well. I'm so glad to hear that. It is my honor and my pleasure to have you here today. And I know that the audience is going to get so much from what you have to share. But before we get into that whole conversation, I want to ask each of you, and I guess you can start, Lisan, uh, what are you most passionate about right now? <laughs> First of all, Sadie, thank you so much for having, for having me on. I'm really excited for us to talk. I'm most passionate about family right now. I'm passionate about what we're doing as a family, what I'm doing, you know, the connection and communication and relationship that I have within my family, with the women in my family, you know, with the men as well. Yeah. Um, I'm really passionate about family. And I'm also really passionate about relaxing and so right <laughs> I <now>. love it <laughs> I love it <laughs> yes yeah and what about you Janine hi Sadie thank you for hi. having me I am passionate about family as well and 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 legacy and what that means in terms of your family line and 
what it means for those that are behind you and how that is broken down to those before you. Oh, I love it. I love it. Ladies after my own heart, because I am also very passionate about family. And I think that, that it's so important, especially in light of what's going on surrounding the Basquiat family right now. It is such an amazing tribute to family because Right now, the exhibit that is going on in Chelsea, New York, I know is the talk of the town because it is you two brought to fruition this vision of showing your brother as a human, a full-fledged 360 degrees human. And I think that that is something that not a lot of people have had an opportunity to do and i love that you've done it but let's go back a little bit like as we're talking about family and we're talking about the women in family as lisan mentioned let's go back a little bit i would love for you guys to talk about where you came from the families that you came from when we're talking about i know that we talk a lot about uh, jean-michel and his lineage in from Puerto Rico, as well as his lineage from Haiti. But I want you to talk to me about your matriarchs, the grandmas. Let's start with the grandmas. <laughs> Who wants to go first? <laughs> I'll, I'll go first. I'll take okay. the, um, the Haitian side. I um, knew you would. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I was I was like I don't want to sit here and like project plan our conversation, but I was literally going to be like, Johnny, why don't you do grandma and not Ramalita? Go ahead. So our grandmother, our paternal grandmother, Gerard Basquiat's mother, mm-hmm. her name was Cherestine Augustin, mm-hmm. and she was extremely determined. She was a business owner in Port-au-Prince and she raised a stepson as well as three of her own children. So four children. And in doing that, she was a business owner. She was also very active in her community and was very current in terms of wanting to be active for the people in Haiti and uplifting them. And as a result of that, it came at a price because uh, the the reign of Duvalier, mm-hmm. uh, the Tonto Makuts at that time, came in and took a lot of, of her wealth away from her. And so she was one who started out as a pioneer on that side of her family and kind of got my father involved in the business Mm -hmm. and he felt like it was important for him to leave Haiti, come to America and become a successful businessman. So it sort of paved the way Mm -hmm. for my father coming to this country. And then also as a result, supporting his siblings and his mom getting into the country. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, his father, passed away in Haiti and his brother was um, killed in Haiti. So they never made it here. 
but the rest did. And that is the kind of pioneer movement that was started as a result of Grandma. Nice. Wow. That's so impressive because I know that it's not easy coming to a new country, especially when you don't know the language and having to start over because she was a business owner in Haiti and doing these amazing things, raising children, business owner, just moving and shaking, and then having to come here and start over. So let's hear about the abuelita side. Hey, thanks for listening. My name is Cedrola Maruska, and I help entrepreneurs and small businesses go from mediocre to magnificent by transforming their cultures to be more equitable and inclusive. To find out how we can work together, go to diversitydish.com, where you'll find my consulting, coaching, and speaker information. Diversitydish.com. I look forward to working with you. So meanwhile, (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile in Puerto Rico, (laughs) meanwhile, uh, which is really the interesting thing about family legacy, right? It's all Mm -hmm. like stories interwoven. So our grandmother, Flora, was born in Puerto Rico Mm -hmm. and she had uh, her mother owned a school that was financed by the United States. And of course, Puerto Rico is a territory of was is and was a territory of of the United States. And so she owned a school. In order to get the funding, she had to teach religion at this school. Mm. And so my grandfather was also born in Puerto Rico. And he came, he was a, um, a longshoreman. And he moved to Brooklyn, or moved to this country to Texas first. And while he was in Texas, he realized that it was, you know, the racism was a little different, you know, for him there. Mm. And so he made his way to the Northeast mm. and wound up meeting my grandmother in, I think it was in Philadelphia. They met there. He knew her because he had met her in Puerto Rico and they wound up meeting, falling in love and starting a family with each other. Our grandmother, Flora Andreides was a firecracker (laughs) she was very small in size Mm. and really mighty in power and Mm. she wanted to buy a house and my grandfather did not want to buy a house or wasn't quite ready to buy a house and so what she wound up doing was sewing she was a seamstress and so she sewed the uniforms of people who were in the service during the war And so she was a seamstress and did that as a way of earning and pulling the money together to be able to go ahead and buy a house for them. And she bought that house way back when the kids were very young. And, uh, and that's the house that they, they owned until they both passed away. Wow. Where was the house? In Bushwick, Brooklyn. Oh, wow. Okay. And she was very, you know, my grandmother was, like I said, she was fiery. She was very opinionated. She was very social also. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was very active in the church, had a lot of friends and really created a home at the time that was really filled with like music and, you know, people coming over and visiting. And our uh, grandfather was part of a band with a, a group of men who would just go down in the basement and just kind of jam out. Wow. 
So is this something that you experienced firsthand? Were you able to meet and interact with your grandmother, your grand grandmothers? Because I've only was able to interact with one of my grandmothers. So I ask. Yeah, I absolutely was. We interacted with both of our grandmothers and it was really interesting to see, you know, the cultures are very similar, but also vastly different. Yeah, that's, I think that's so amazing because it makes me think Jean-Michel was the eldest. So he got a chance to really interact with all of this artistry, all of this industry, all of this culture as he was growing up. So I think that that was fantastic. So do you think in your minds, do you think that your grandmothers had an impact on the people that you have become now because you both are incredibly strong and incredibly innovative women like I you know you both are doing amazing things in your lives and so do you think that that is part of where that comes from Janine? I would say without a doubt, as you know, we mentioned before, both grandmothers were definitely ones who kind of did not sit back and, and take on the traditional role of what, you know, mothers were back then. They really made decisions on their own, despite what their husbands thought, um, <laughs> and decided that they were going to really take the bull by the horns and just do what it was that they were, you know, meant to do. That worked its way to through my dad. And mm-hmm. my dad ultimately gave that same, you know, work ethic to both Lisan and I. And as well, my mother also gave that to us as well. So it definitely made an impact on on both of us, I would say. Yeah. I would, you know, and, and yet it's interesting because sometimes women mm-hmm. choose one or the other, mm-hmm. you know, it's like either you're going to go and pursue your dreams or do the thing that you want to do, or you're going to be a mother. And I think what's interesting about our grandmothers is that both women were business women yeah. and did the things that they wanted to do while also being nurturing mothers and mothers who cared for their children, right. you know? And so I think that that is, you know, that just kind of, that adds, you know, a layer of complexity and a layer of mental consideration, mental and emotional consideration as you're doing the things that you're doing. Absolutely. I'm sure yeah. it does. And Janine, you did mention your mom and I didn't mean to skip over her, but your mom, let's talk about your mom a little bit because your mom was the immediate person that you were connected to and that you were able to draw from. So let's talk a little bit about your mom also. My mother was very fashionable, beautiful on the inside and out. Uh, She was one who was very caring, very giving. She also was very opinionated and, you know, let you know her opinion. Whether you wanted to hear it or not. (laughs) (laughs) She also um, was one who, you know, really thought about teachable moments. Um, She was creative in her own sense Mm -hmm. and made sure that we were well-rounded children. And so she exposed us to a lot of things that were creative and of the arts. 
she would take us to museums, into the botanical gardens, into the zoo, to that entire kind of Prospect Park, Brooklyn, Grand Army Plaza Grand Army, yeah. neighborhood. Yeah. Um, she would take us to plays to the Puerto Rican Traveling uh, Theater. She would take us to the, um, the Puerto Rican Day Parade. Um, there were very few that we missed. And she was one that liked to have a lot of fun. She would take us to Coney Island and get on that cyclone <laughs> 10 times if we, if we asked her and just really down to do anything for her children. And so that kind of unconditional love is what she gave mm-hmm. and is one of the things that I really admired about her mm-hmm. and, and got from her. I love that. Yeah, me too. I really appreciated our mother. She, you know, everything that Janine said and <laughs> She was very non-judgmental. She had a lot of opinions about things, for sure. And then she was also accepting, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I always felt really seen with her. I remember once, Janine and I, uh, she, we, she would take us to the movies on the weekends, or she'd take us out to the places Janine described, you know, or the movies or something also. And I remember this one weekend, we were going to the movies, and... Uh, Jenny and I were being, you know, kind of smart asses. And we're like, we want to see, we want to see Richard Pryor. We want to see Richard Pryor. And our mother brought us to see Richard Pryor. And I think that we, and we were, I think we thought that we had gotten away with something. (laughs) And so we were sitting there just laughing, laughing, laughing. And, uh, and she sat through it with us, you know? And I think that that is, you know, what I see there is, you know, two kids who wanted to be obnoxious. But what I also see is a woman who, you know, while she was really, she had this like really strong moral compass about her. Mm-hmm. And there, in some ways there was some, you know, some things that she was like not budging about and, you know, quite stubborn, which runs through all the veins of our family, of the people in our family. <laughs> She also really, like Shannon talked about teachable moments, like she really wanted us to experience a lot of things. She really wanted us to, you know, experience culture. And, you know, she really stoked our creativity mm-hmm. in her willingness, willingness to allow us to explore, even when it was you know, kind of crazy bonkers. Right. <laughs> I love that. I love I love the way that you describe her. It's enlightening, I think, because yeah. when not a lot of people know you, Lisan, and you, Janine, but, you know, people know or think they know Jean-Michel. As I listen to your stories and I listen to your stories about your grandmothers, your grandmère and your abuelita and then your mother, I can bring this string along through history on how you all have become who you have become because of the strength and the stubbornness, as you say, Lisan, because I, I know it's that. It's true. I, I know that stubbornness myself, <laughs> right? All of that kind of shapes how you face the world and how you move into, move in the world. So now, I know that you also have your stepmother, Nora, 
And I would love to hear, you know, I don't know when Nora came into the equation, but I would love to hear what she also brought in because I know that she's been around for a while and that, you know, she she also was part of bringing this this new exhibit to life. So let's talk a little bit about Nora. I'd love to, but before we get to Nora, yeah. I just want to kind of uh, talk about one other thing about my mother. And that is that our parents broke up when we were very mm-hmm. young. And our dad was the primary breadwinner in the family. Mm-hmm. And they had purchased a home and our, they were getting our lifestyle, I guess, mm-hmm. in, together. And they broke up mm-hmm. and my mo- our mother made a really unique and very hard decision to allow our dad to raise us. Mm. And I just, I, I don't want to move out of our childhood without acknowledging that yeah. because what she did which is incredible is two things. One is she allowed our father to raise us because she didn't want to raise us as a single mother. Mm -hmm. And because while our father was always a provider, you know, always, 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 she did not want, she wanted to make sure that we continue to live in the lifestyle that they were creating together as a couple. Mm-hmm. And so she made that really hard decision. As a child, I didn't really understand that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I felt the void of having, you know, my biological mother living in the house with me every day. And so I really didn't understand that. I was very angry with her for, for a long time about that. The second layer of this incredible woman is that when I got older, you know, my late teens and early 20s, I had a lot of questions. I had a lot of questions about her decisions and why she would do something like that. And I just threw all those questions at her. And one thing that my mother did that has really helped me to set the stage for my parenting and the way that I am as a mother is that my mother asked me, I'm sorry, I asked her some really hard questions. And some of the questions I repeated over and over again over time. Mm -hmm. she was willing to stand in any question that I ever asked her. She was willing to give me, to hear me Mm -hmm. and to allow me to ask the question. And she was willing to give me an honest answer, Mm -hmm. an authentic answer, even though some of the answers I wasn't buying, I didn't want to hear it. You know, (laughs) I was in my twenties. I'm like, I want to hear that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, but what I knew And what that did for me as a mother is a couple of things. It helped me to remember that and to A, always accept that my children are human beings just like me. And also to leave it, to allow, it allows me to leave a door open and to answer some of the harder questions. You know, and a lot of times parents you know, ego or stubbornness or whatever's going on, we're just like, listen, you can say all of it, do not, I'm off limits. You know, you don't get to ask me anything about me or question, you know, Mm -hmm. what has happened. And I am really so grateful to my mother for being a woman of the kind of character and integrity and strength, Mm -hmm. you know, that this woman was. 
thank you. I love that you interjected that because we did, I did kind of skip over the fact that they broke up. I didn't know when they broke up. When we're at the age that we are and there are people who break up and they say, oh, my kids are, don't want to talk to me or my kids are not, you know, they don't, they don't want to hear what I have to say. I think that it's important to remember that they're not where you are, <laughs> you know, they're, they're just, they're at that stage where they're going to be angry. They're not where you are, that she gave you the opportunity to ask and that now it impacts you in the way that it does is Absolutely. so important. That right. is so important. And it's important for people to remember, for all of us to remember, no matter what kind of relationship we're having with our kids or what they're not wanting to talk to us about and things like that, we have to still allow for that space. And that I think so, is, is a big yeah. is a big lesson learned there. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's why I brought it up because yeah. I know a lot of parents are in that yeah. space. Yeah. And, and also how incredibly um, difficult that had to have been for her yes. to her decision and um do what is best take her ego out and do mm -hmm. what's best for us as opposed to you know her wanting to hold on to us for you know for whatever reason so absolutely right. and she got a lot for it i mean this was you know getting down to our roots you know this is a puerto rican woman who wound up you know separated for, from her husband and in that culture I don't know how it is today, but I know in that culture, you know, there was a lot of blame for that, no matter what. And then to double that up with the fact that she was a woman who also, you know, had made this decision to allow their father, you know, so like, yes, I mean, you know, to allow their father to raise them. She took a lot for that decision. She took a, a, a whole lot of judgment and a whole lot of, you know, criticism for that, but she did mm -hmm what she felt was right in her heart yeah to do and hard. yeah yeah and her and our and our dad you know that was the one thing that they really did have uh they took that role of parents and of co-parents really really seriously yeah nice i can't imagine i can imagine because i have children i can imagine the difficulty how hard it must have been to say, okay, I have to do what's best for them. And just yeah. like, like Janine said, take out all the ego and just say, it's not about me. Mm -hmm. It's about them and their future. And then to decide that, and then to decide to come to the realization that the best course is for them to be with their father, not mm -hmm. with me. That yeah. is, that is incredible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but you had a relationship with your mother still, even though you, the whole time. Was, yeah, right. So you didn't live with her. You lived with your dad, but you had a relationship with your mother. So she was always a presence Absolutely. There for you. Absolutely. Yeah. So then your father met Nora and then she became your stepmom. So it's interesting, <laughs> you know, we, we call her stepmom and every time we do, she's like, I'm Nora, you know, <laughs> she, won't even, she won't even let our kids call her grandma or anything. She's like, I'm Nora because oh, she, so she never wanted to take the place of our mm. mother. You know, she was my dad's best friend until he passed away mm. and she 
was very good to us and did certain things for us, but she never tried to replace our mother, Mm -hmm. which, you know, we were extremely grateful for. Nora came in, I would say when I was nine years old. Yeah, I was 11. Uh, I was just just shy of of 12. I think it was like 1976, maybe. And I know Nora has influenced me a lot. Uh, There are definitely things that have rubbed off on me that I didn't even know that I've done with my children. You know, Nora always uh, gave us Easter baskets, Mm. you know, when we were young. And I did that with my girls. Not even really, it was something that just, I did. And it, it wasn't until, you know, quite a few years later that it actually clicked to me why that was. You know, she always gave little things for Valentine's Day. She was definitely a gift giver. Um, She loved giving gifts, things, you know, I'm speaking, sorry. She loves giving gifts. Um, But just growing up, she- As a child, yeah. As growing up as a child, you know, Christmases were great with her. And she just really just wanted to be a a great friend with us. Mm -hmm. And- I think I, I got a lot of sort of creative artsy things from her, needlepoint and, you know, things of that nature that we did together. So yeah, she's, she's definitely been a great influence in my life for sure. I think the other thing too, which just kind of adds to some of the unique nature of our family is that, you know, a lot of times when a man is a single parent, that man very often will go off and try to find a woman real quick who can like, you know, help take care of the kids, you know? And, and our dad didn't do that, you know? And so he was always very clear that like, no, these are my children. That's not, you know, what you have, you know, that's not what my expectation is from you because they, these children have a mother, you know? And so, what I've appreciated about that is that it allowed us all to have whatever relationship we were going to have and to get whatever we were going to glean from those relationships because it wasn't as tied to like traditional titles and things and the way people do things. It was just a, a, a more free spirited way of connecting and loving the people that are around you. And I, I, I think it's actually in this moment that I'm actually looking back on it. You know, Nora has always been, she's phenomenal. She's a person who, when she has your back, she has your back. Mm -hmm. You know, she was an incredible friend and life partner to our dad. Very supportive, very patient, very loving, you know, all those great things. And another woman who has really proven herself to be incredibly phenomenal. I mean, our dad passed away uh, when she was in her 70s. And they, none of our parents were like into technology at all. (laughs) Not at all, you know, and they didn't even have call waiting, like they were not playing. (laughs) And, you know, and Nora, you know, in her 80s now, is, you know, a woman who lost her life partner, you know, in her 70s, And she is on an iPad, you know, she's using technology, she's sending emails, you know, and she is living, Mm -hmm. you know, and she's living. And 
and also has an incredible, you know, personal integrity, mm -hmm. you know, about doing what she feels is the right thing to do. And so I think the combination of those people in our lives has, has really helped. Yeah. I think that's what I'm getting as I listen to your stories and I listen to each person and I listen to what they, how they interacted. I think to myself, wow, that's so incredible. How incredible it is that your mother made this very difficult decision. Your father met someone who was not trying to push out your mother to create any angst there. What she wanted to do was to find a way for everyone to kind of work together and to coexist. And I think that that has, that has a lot to do with her wanting you to call her Nora, right? So that you, in your mind, you would understand that what she was trying to do and how she was trying to be in your lives. So I, I really appreciate the stories that you've shared. I mean, I think that it's just so, it's just a deeper look into the family dynamic and ties that you have. And, you know, everyone, you know, we have to kind of go back also sometimes to Jean-Michel because that's the person everybody knows. But in hearing these stories, you can hear, you can see more of the person the human, the, the Jean-Michel that people don't know, the mothers and the grandmothers that shaped him because just as they shaped you, they shaped him. And so I think that that's just, that's just so incredible. So in your lives now, so as you look now, we're going to kind of come into the present here and you're both mothers you're both grandmothers, actually. And so... <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> I know. She's like, she's like, wait a minute. Yes. Yes, you are. You're yes. both grandmothers now. Let's do a little bit of... Let's do something a little bit fun. What do you think? How do you think that your daughters... Let's start with your daughters because we're kind of in this theme of, of motherhood and the lineage of strong mothers and all of that. How do you think your daughters glean from you what you have gained from your mother, grandmother, stepmother, all of, all of these people? Or do you mean what have, what like, does... what are they, like, what do you think that they've, that they're gaining from you? Like if they, if I were sit down, sitting down with them to talk to them about you, how do you think that they would, respond to to the questions what do you think and this is this is uh, kind of self-indulgent here right <laughs> it's kind of like you have to kind of you know toot your own horn or or think for them but i would really love to know what you think because i know what you've gained so what have you passed down and what do you think that they've gained from what you've passed down from to them from what you've learned Don't all speak at the same time. Okay. Give us a moment. That's a big question. Give us a moment to think uh, about it. Yes, I know. Go ahead. All right. I'll, I'll go first. You'll go first. Okay. Um, so I was blessed with three beautiful girls, twins that are 21 and a nine, well, about to be 19 year old. And she was born on Mother's Day. And I also have a stepson as well and um and two beautiful grandchildren 
and a, and a daughter-in-law. Mm-hmm. So just in the dynamic of my three children, I have always tried to show them or teach them that they are queens and that Mm. they need to stand in that royalty Mm. and also make sure that whoever they choose in life Mm -hmm. is supporting them and treating them as the queens that they are. Mm. They're incredibly strong. Mm-hmm. They're incredibly creative and their father and I have always raised them to have agency, agency in their decisions, whether it's a decision that we wanted for them or not, mm-hmm. agency in what they want in life and agency to say what it is that they want to say to us, to others, whether it's something we wanted to hear or not. And these are, these are things that we kind of learned from our upbringing, whether it was that we didn't have it or we did have it. It was something that we learned and felt it was important to give to, to them. I also mentioned I have a daughter-in-law who is incredible. I could not ask for you know, one that was, she's so kind and loving, smart and thoughtful. And I enjoy having great conversations with her and a granddaughter who is four, but is 40. Um, She also is incredibly smart and quite a firecracker and just, I am scared Um, of what she's going to become in just another 10 years, you know, watch out for sure. Mm, I love it. Lisa. (laughs) I'm just going to say it. So Jenny, she asked you to toot your horn about what your daughters (laughs) would say about you. Oh, okay. I miss, I miss that. You know, leave it to your sister to call you out just a little bit. No, I'm calling her out <laughs> no, to her benefit. No, no, no. To her benefit. It's okay. And the it's reason, okay. the reason I'm good. saying that is, you know, and it's funny because the other thing about our family that's very interesting is there's a line of humility, like we're yeah. really humble, mm-hmm. right? Really, really humble about things, and so. I was like, oh, this is great. You know, this is, you know, yes. I want to hear what Shani's going to say. I want to hear it toot her own horn. <laughs> so, okay, Shani. You know, I think that they kind of give back to me what I've said to them. They mm-hmm. always, they say how much they admire me. They tell me that I'm a queen and how appreciative they are of the relationship of how they can come and talk to me about anything mm-hmm. and how open and non-judgmental I would be for what it is that they are coming to me with. You yeah. know, I've, I've always told them that things are going to be difficult to tell me, but tell me, you know, and, and that way we can get through it together. So I, I think those are the things they would say about me. And those are things um, that you and, actually and, took, you took and, directly from your mom. Yeah. 
And I think they, they love my strength and compassion and patience. Is that enough tooting? <laughs> That's good. It's good enough for now. That's good. That's good. I it's love good it. For now. It's good for now. Okay. That was we'll good take way. it. We'll take it. That was a good step. We'll take it. <laughs> what about um, you, Lisa? My daughter, I have one daughter, Jessica. Uh, Jessica is um, an amazing human being. She's a mother. My granddaughter, Emma, is uh, five. She just turned five two weeks ago. And Jessica would, if she were sitting here, she would say that I have been supportive, very supportive in letting her figure things out. She'd say that I am free-spirited, that I'm very direct in what I say. That's not always comfortable, but it is what it is. <laughs> I got that from my mama, clearly. Um, she would say, uh, I think she'd also say, uh, again, that I'm um, supportive and I give her space, that I can hold space and also give her space, and that I, I'm, I push her you know, to, to go deep into herself and to have her decisions come from what feels right for her mm-hmm. on the inside. And that, you know, like any mother-daughter relationship, there have been times where maybe we weren't seeing eye to eye about something or where there has been pain in either direction, you know, which is just part of relationship. She would say that I am willing to have those hard conversations and that I'm willing to hear the things that are difficult and, and respond to them. Uh, she'd also say that I'm very determined. Jessica is, uh, was actually a model in a coach campaign recently. And it was a campaign about Mother's Day and about, about your mother. Yeah. And, uh, and in that campaign that she was able to actually do with my granddaughter, which is really beautiful, she said she got her determination from her mother. And so I didn't know she was going to say that. And I saw it later. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's, you know, yeah. Yeah. I think it's great. I think, thank you for tooting your horn, both you, Lisan and Janine. I think that, you know, as women, we often put ourselves behind, behind our children, behind people. We don't often take notice of those things that we have given or that, you know, even what people would see that we have given, which is why I asked the question, because Mm -hmm. I know that you've, you've, you've gained so much from your, your mom. You've gained so much from your grandmothers. I mean, you know, just industry and creativity and uh, compassion and, all of those things, all of the things that you say that your kids would see in you, mm-hmm. you've gained from the relationships that you have with the women in your lives. And I think that's it's fantastic. There's several books out. I don't know the titles. There's several books out that always talk about, that talk about, you know, these great men and the mothers behind them. And they, they the thing that I that I'm gleaning the most here is that Jean-Michel was a great artist, a great human, as you show in, in the exhibit, 
because of the mother, the mothers, the women in his life. I think that he gleaned a lot from them, just as you did, because you two were younger than he was. So he actually had more time. Like when you say your parents broke up, he had more time with your parents together. He had more time living there with your mom. So I feel like, I feel, I feel like the strength that you show and the, and, and that you've taken in putting this together and in, and in creating these families that are your passion right now. I think that, I think that if he were here, he would say the same. There would be there would be kind of the same feeling behind it. Yeah, I think I think I agree with that, and I just want to add. I think that yes. it's also important to like we take things from our parents and from our caretakers, and then there's also who we are, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. And so, in the passing from one generation to another, there's a thread of you know behaviors mm-hmm. that happen. And some are, you know, exhibited in a negative way and some are, you know, some are on the dark side of it and some are on the lighter side of it. But I think what's also very important is to see the individuality in people from one generation to the next, you know, because I'm not a carbon copy of my mother. You know, I'm neither, you know, you know what I mean? Like there's my mother and there's my mother's influence in my life. And then there's me, right? There's me and my influence in my daughter's life. And then there's my daughter and who she is individually. And I just think that um, it's important from my perspective to allow room Mm -hmm. for human beings to be the human beings that they are. And I think that that is also true, you know, of Mm Jean-Michel, you know, there are absolutely influences or impacts, you know, that we've all had the women in his family you know, on who he was and the way he thought, but then there was also Jean-Michel and who he was. And I think that's key to the emotional and men- and the, the emotional health of a family and of the individuals within a family is that they're allowed to be who they are. Yes, 100%. I agree with you for sure. No, I think Nissan said that beautifully. Um, yeah, I think so. There is, you know, what you take and, you know, and how you learn from that and kind of weave that into your life and, and, and take what's good, what's bad, what you want to learn from past situations and what you want to grow from, from that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm so grateful to you both for opening up so beautifully for me today. Thank you so much much and i know that we're coming short on time so before i let you go i want to ask two final questions one is is there anything more that you think that you would like to just share with the audience before we conclude i would share um first of all thank you you know you made this a very comfortable and safe space to have a really you know a conversation that digs a little deeper than we normally would. And so thank you for, you know, holding and opening up that space. I really appreciate it. This felt good. I think the only thing is, you know, there's Jean-Michel, the legend, right? That so many people, you know, are enamored with. And, you know, he just shared so much beautiful beauty with the world. 
Mm-hmm. And, and then there's the story about his sisters, you know, Janine and myself and what we've done and all that. And I think that I would love for people to bring that to their own families, mm. you know, like observe it and that's great. And, you know, and also, you know, it would, you know, bring some of that to your own, like take what resonates with your own families and take it there you know, honor the people that came before you, mm-hmm. you know, celebrate their lives, mm-hmm. celebrate, you know, what they've done and what they've contributed and, and decide what you're going to do, set your eyes on it, even if it's something that you don't know how to do or never did before. Shannon and I are not curating, right. you know, it was love that led mm-hmm. us to do this, you know, and just, you know, we also come from a line of people who set their goals, set their eyes on doing something, and they follow it all the way through. Uh, and that is, you know, part stubborn, part determination, part work ethic, part, you know, passion, part, I don't care what nobody says, I'm doing my thing, you know. <laughs> so, you know, I guess that's just the, yeah. you know, the, the message I want to leave. Yeah. Um, thank you. I'm going to take this opportunity to plug the exhibition. It was a journey for Lisan and I and Nora, 20 months of really digging deep and pulling out stories and, you know, all sorts of things that, you know, we didn't think about or forgot about those childhood stories that, you know, we kind of talked about ourselves, but we were willing to, you know, let the, let the audience grab a hold of them mm-hmm. and really shows a different side, a deeper side of Jean Michel and our family. And it also includes all of those influences, the, you know, the influences of, of, of our grandmother, of our grandfather, you know, on both sides, our mother, us siblings, um, and how, you know, we influenced uh, Jean Michel, he influenced us. And all of the great moments and layers that he had in life. So I just hope that people are able to come and, and, and see that and see a different side of Jean Michel because it was phenomenal to put together. And we also wrote a book, which also gives a lot of those deep stories and context to um, the stories about our, our grandparents. So thank you, Sadie. It's been a, a wonderful afternoon. Thank you. I think that's great. And also, I wanted to also include our families and how much they were also a part of this story as well, who actually took part in the interviews and sitting at the warehouse while they photographed all of the works and, you know, took part in the interviews themselves. Some directed the interview. So it was just a whole family effort to, to, to bring Jean-Michel's legacy in, in a different way that has been been done before. And supporting us, you know, this is like something we did in addition to our day job jobs. (laughs) you know, and our families, you know, there's, it's hard to do that without the support of family, you know, even if it's like, just to like, listen to the event or whatever, or take you to go get a massage or whatever, you know, so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you did plug that. Thank you so much. That is, you know, the, the exhibit is called Basquiat King Pleasure 
and it is in Chelsea um, at the Starrett Lehigh. Lehigh Building, right? Mm -hmm. Starrett Lehigh Building, and it is it's open every day right now. So go to uh, King Pleasure, uh, BasquiatKingPleasure.com, correct? That's a mouthful. I know, yes. I know. BasquiatKingPleasure.com. I'll put the link in the show notes, but I yeah. just wanted to make sure that I, you know, that people can hear it. And that's where you can buy your tickets so that you can see the show. Okay. Thank so you, So now Sadie. before you leave, you yeah. have to answer my final, final question. And that is, what is your favorite dish? I'm going to start with you, Lifan. Jeez. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's funny. I don't know that I have any one favorite dish, but I will say this. Like, it depends on the moment. So right now, my answer is uh, I'm probably Brenda de Moreau, Oh. which is, I think I mispronounced that a little bit, but it's, uh, it's codfish. It's almost like mashed potatoes with codfish in it. Oh. And it's like a French dish that my father turned me on to. And we used to, um, when he was alive, we would go to this restaurant that served it and it was delicious. And so I'm thinking about my dad in this mm. conversation a little yeah. bit. And that's mm. the dish that popped up for me. Oh, that sounds yummy. It and is I so love, good. And I love that it's associated with a good memory. I love that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. What about you, Janine? Me, I have a hard time passing up a good mac and cheese. So, oh, <laughs> there you go. Potato. Yes, yes. We're all potato and cream and noodles and cream and cheese. It's all the good food. I love it. I love it. I love it. Mac and cheese. I know. I know. That a really good mac and cheese. Oh, my gosh. Just. Jenny oh. actually makes a mean mac and cheese. Jenny makes a really good mac and cheese. Yeah. All right. We're going to have to try that one day. <laughs> Thank you, ladies, so You're much welcome. for being here. I appreciate your presence. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Hey, did you enjoy that episode? If so, please leave a review. It would mean the world, but only if it's a good one and you really did enjoy it. In which case, it would be awesome if you help support my work over at patreon.com backslash Cedrola Maruska. And finally, before you go, don't forget diversitydish.com. I'd love to work with you. See you soon.